Good morning. Welcome back to the Broadcast Retirement Network. I'm Jeff Snyder. This is BRN AM for Tuesday, December 27th, 2022. Top story today, investors like me highlighting historically underrepresented identities. Today's show is powered by The Motley Fool. To learn more about The Motley Fool and its Investors Like Me campaign, visit the website below. And joining me now to discuss this and a lot more, Asit Sharma is with The Motley Fool. Jeffrey, thanks so much and Happy New Year to you as well. I hope uh, 2023 treats us a little better in the investing arena than 2022 did. Yeah, well, fingers crossed, toes crossed. Um, and, and I'm great that I'm so excited to have you on because you recently uh, participated in The Motley Fool's Investors Like Me series. And I guess my first question to you is, can you tell us a little bit about this series and what that means to you. Yeah, sure, Jeffrey. So we have a mission at The Motley Fool to make the world smarter, happier, and richer. And the Investors Like Me uh, interview series is in line with this. We started it at the beginning of the year. It's an ongoing series, and it spotlights investors who are from historically underrepresented groups. So think uh, people of color, women, LGBTQ plus folks, young people, et cetera. And our goal is to work towards advancing a more representative and inclusive investing space for everybody. I love these interviews. I mean, you can read in them how investors got started, what their relationship with money was like when they were growing up, advice they've got for newer investors, favorite educational resources, and a lot more. And in addition to me, we just uh, spotlighted two other Motley Fool analysts who are my colleagues and I'm great friends with, Emily Flippin and Alice Lumax. Uh, they're fantastic interviews. The other thing that I wanted to just um, put in there, plug for, for this series, is <laughs> the past interviews with external uh, luminaries from The Motley Fool. So we've got, I'm going to read this list here. It's great. Damien Peters, who's founder of Wealth Noir. Gargi Chaudhry, who is a managing director at BlackRock. And Bo Ren, who is director of early stage startups at Silicon Valley Investment Bank, one of the companies I'm really interested in uh, in the coming year, a very fun company. You can find these on and more at fool.com. Well, I said, well, thank you so much for describing that. And, and I took a look at your interview and you mentioned that you're a first generation Indian American. And I wonder, could you share how that shaped your experience about money? Yeah, sure, Jeffrey. You know, I'm a child of the 1970s and 80s. My parents emigrated to the U.S. in the late 1960s. I was born in Springfield, Massachusetts, so first-generation uh, American. And uh, my dad is a retired physician. My mom was a homemaker who spent a lot of time with me and my sister and also worked in my dad's office. So maybe not an atypical immigrant story and not atypical in the sense that we didn't have a, a really well-thought-out, educated view of money. My father earned pretty well as I was growing up, but investing wasn't part of our family history. And we were sort of learning as we went along as a family. There were many ups and downs in my parents' investing career. And, and I was fortunate that we didn't struggle 
But at the same time, it didn't mean that I came out of the end of the process, this very knowledgeable person about investing who is ready to set the world on fire. And, and, and why do you think this series um, is so important? I mean, it, you mentioned, you talked about the underrepresentation of certain groups in, in the United States. Uh, you know, why is this so important? Why is it important to be, have relatable stories so people can draw from them? Yeah, I think you actually sort of answered the question in your use of the term stories. Narrative is how we learn in in many ways, especially in the vesting world. And I think that the words of Tacitus, who is a Roman philosopher, are really appropriate here. And those words, one of the many really great epigrams he's known for is, nothing human is foreign to me. So the stories of underrepresented folks are just one lens through which we can tell a story that's universal, whether you're part of a represented group or a historically underrepresented group, we all have a very interesting path in how we learn to deal with money and investing, growing wealth. And so I think it just brings a very interesting way to look at something we all face and we all deal with, was how do I make uh, money? How do I use it in my life to, to be healthy and happy? How do I grow that uh, pie once it starts accumulating? Um, so, and that's why I like these stories because they're from people who oftentimes are grappling with money issues and investing, not from a position of privilege, but from a position of trying to figure the whole thing out. And at some point in our lives, whether you're privileged or not, you'll reach a point where you're trying to figure this game out. Yeah. It, it, and it, look, and no matter how, what kind of experience you, you have, um, it really is a, a challenge to understand some of these basics, right? I mean, what is money? How do you define money? How do you define investing? Where do you invest? Do you invest in mutual funds? Do you invest in individual stocks, right? It, it really is about relating that experience and then taking what you can from that experience to uh, your own experience. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Asit, I need to take a very quick break. When we come back, we'll talk more about investing and Asit's experience and what it means for you as an investor. You're going to want to stay tuned right here on BRN AM. Imagine a new television network that will make you richer, healthier, and in control of your financial future. This network is for the policewoman in Nashville, Tennessee, the baker in Dubuque, Iowa, the teacher in Lexington, Kentucky. We want to make the idea of savings and retirement culturally relevant. But what do you see as a defining issue of the midterms? Especially for the smaller businesses. I mean, they are the lifeblood of the American economy. Featuring exclusive interviews, current affairs, and docu-series. 33 yeah. years old, you retired early. The philosophy is money only matters if it helps you live a life that you love. But you gotta start thinking about retirement as soon as you get in. The Broadcast Retirement Network will drive very high engagement with premium partnerships. So this isn't retirement and savings for your parents or grandparents. This is for all Americans. And we're gonna change the way you 
think about money. Welcome to the next frontier of retirement and savings. This is BRN, the Broadcast Retirement Network. Tax audits, tax liens, wage garnishments. Every day we hear stories like this about good folks who are simply struggling to pay their bills. Each of them are living a frightening IRS tax nightmare and they are afraid it will destroy their lives. I'm a divorced single mom and my ex-husband left me and the kids with a lot of unpaid bills, including unpaid taxes. I was really starting to show my stress on my kids because the IRS had sent me a letter demanding a huge payment from me. I couldn't afford it. So then the IRS was threatening to garnish my wages. I'm already living paycheck to paycheck. That would have put me over the edge financially. It truly seemed hopeless, but then a friend at work told her to call the tax relief line. The people at the tax relief line, they told me about something called innocent spouse relief. They worked it out so that all of the taxes from my ex are not my problem. I don't know how that works and, and I don't care. All I care about is that I don't owe the IRS a dime and they are not going to take my paycheck. Even if it seems hopeless, you should call the number on your screen right now. There is absolutely no cost for the call or the consultation. You are under no obligation. If you are worried that the IRS could garnish your wages, seize your assets, even take your home, call us right now. The tax relief line is here to help you. Now you have a knowledgeable, professional team of tax experts that are ready to negotiate with the IRS and fight for you to save you money. The Tax Relief Line's professionals have successfully negotiated thousands of cases, reducing and sometimes even eliminating the tax debt for their clients. It's very easy to get started. Simply call the number on your screen right now. You don't have to live in fear anymore. The call and the consultation are free. Nothing is known 100%. So my strategy does not change based off what other people expect. My strategy is based off of what I expect. And what I expect is to retire when I'm around 60 years old. And so I make my investments today based off what my future goal is, which is, you know, to retire in you know, 30 or 40 years. That's, that's my goal. Great things don't happen by accident. No one just blew out a candle and turned on a light bulb. Great things happen with action. When it comes to financial security, the same truth applies. You want to feel excited about your future and see things you never thought possible? Action makes it possible. At Corbridge Financial, we proudly partner with financial professionals and institutions to help more people take action in their financial lives. Welcome back. A reminder that today's show is powered by The Motley Fool. To learn more about The Motley Fool and its Investors Like Me campaign, visit the website below. Well, Asit, thank you so much for sticking with us and staying around for segment number two. I'm really excited for this second round of questions, Jeffrey. What have you got for me? Okay. Well, I like this. This is, I feel like almost like a, the great Alex Trebek here. Um, so, you know, taking your experience and, and we, again, we all learn from other people's experiences and try to take them as our own. But what is something you wish you would have known as a newer, less experienced investor? So looking backwards, what would you like to have known? 
I think the thing that I would like to have known most is that you can make really good money in investing if you're patient and aren't in a hurry to make money. This is one of the things I think many beginning investors come up against, the urge to uh, make it all in one shot or invest in one company and try to you know, make a small fortune. I actually started out as a, sort of a day trader after graduating from college and then getting my um, graduate degree. I uh, spent some time learning about trading currencies, stocks, commodities, futures, you name it. And I figured out after some time that I wasn't very good at it. I, I could understand the principles, but didn't understand um, risk management very well and actually lost a, a little bit more money than I cared to lose and figured there's got to be a wetter, better way to do this. Some people are suited for this type of um, investing, which I actually don't even call investing. It's more speculation, but not mm -hmm. me. And that's where I got into the idea of longer term investing and realized over years, sometimes the most effortless thing to do is to find a good company, invest in it, and just check in on it a few times a year. It's a very powerful principle. Yeah, you're speaking my language because it was just recently, we were all talking about GameStop, AMC. Remember that that whole conversation, Robinhood? And it just seems like slow and steady. Look, I, I love the uh, the turtle. The, the I think it's a tortoise and the hare story. Law, uh, you know, it's it's about the long term and investing for the long term. Um, let's talk a little bit about retirement age. And, and even though both of us grew up in the 70s and the 80s, we're a little far off from retirement unless you're uh, independently wealthy. Maybe someone watching is. But how about someone who's near retirement? So maybe they're in their 60s, getting close to 65. Any guidance for them? Yes, um, I want to give two pieces of guidance. So one is very generic. And if you've reached that age where you're in your 60s or maybe even early 70s and uh, planning to retire, you've heard this ad nauseum your whole career, but I'll, I'll repeat it for what it's worth because it's good advice. And that is, as you get near to that retirement age, you wanna dial down some of the risk in your portfolio because the most important principle as you near retirement isn't to aggressively grow your wealth, it's to protect your capital. So there's a place for those more um, high charged growth companies in your portfolio, but you should be focusing in on some dividend streams, income streams, um, and protecting your capital. It's the first piece of advice, but I think most people know that. The second piece of advice is maybe the obverse of what I just said in a way, and that is to remember that as an investor, you are looking to buy into great companies that are innovating in the economy. And retirement isn't sort of this terminal end stop, just as you're not going to stop doing fun things. In fact, you'll probably dial those up when you retire and uh, explore a lot of new things in your life. The same goes for investing. You can keep growing uh, part of your funds and have fun doing it. Learn about new companies, learn about new industries. Think about perhaps generational wealth. If you've got kids or family members or good friends or maybe a charitable organization that you'd like to pass some equities to, you can be an investor even if you're in your 80s who's looking out 20 years because you want to pass on some of those securities to people that you love or organizations that you care about. So investing is a young person's game in some ways, but it's a youthful older person's game as well. And I myself hope to be investing you know, until I'm no longer physically able to do it. Let's uh, let's look into 2023. Here we are. The new year is upon us. 
And uh, look, there's a lot of people out there talking about the economy, talking about the financial markets. Look, we've been through some challenging periods in the last few years in terms of COVID, market volatility, and inflation. And, and I'm not going to ask you specific stocks and specific companies, but I'm interested in what sectors of the economy are you most interested in? It's a great question because I could easily say any and all of them, right? Only energy, I think, is going to squeak out a positive showing in terms of sectors this year in 2023. Maybe that'll change by year end. But there are many bargains in uh, the market now across sectors if you're willing to hold quality companies for a period of five years or more. This is something we always talk about at The Motley Fool. Hold at least 25 stocks. Try to manage your position size and your risk. Spread that around. Hold 25 stocks for at least five years, if not 10 years or more. So if you have that mindset, wow. I mean, just look at the retail sector. There are many great companies which have lost a lot of value this year. Nike's a great example. They just reported earnings uh, a couple of days ago. The earnings were strong. That stock is down 33% this year. Last quarter, they had you know just a phenomenal cash flow. They've raised their dividend uh, in uh, the last several years. Very solid brand. So this is one sector to look into. I like software as a service companies as well. That sector's beaten down. There are still some very richly valued companies. You've got to be a little careful, but those companies which are uh, advancing their operating cash flows, rising free cash flow, really capturing market share, helping com- other companies innovate, let's say digital transformations, big theme in software as a service companies. I think these are still really persuasive buys. Again, if you're going to hold these companies for a long time, and just quickly a couple of others, I think industrial stocks are going to have a little bit of a comeback as people focus more on things that are being made. And we look at reshoring and nearshoring some manufacturing here in the US and in North America. And I also like the chip sector. You know, stocks are getting hugely beat up there because of a sort of gluts in the chip industry. But that's the time if you are, you know, sort of someone who likes to be patient, has learned to be patient. That's the best time to buy some of these companies. So look into that sector as well. Yeah, I, I just, again, I just want to underscore your principles of buying and holding and the diversification that you're talking about with buying t- at least 25 different stocks. It's just the smart principles that get applied. And these are lessons that you learned, but you can learn from others as, as well. Asit, thank you so much for sharing your story. And we look forward to having you and The Motley Fool back on the program again very soon. Jeffrey, this was a real pleasure. Thanks a lot for having me on. And that wraps up this episode of BRNAM. Have a topic of interest, somebody you think we should talk to, drop us a line. And don't forget, for all the latest security news and lifestyle wellness, finance, tech, so much more, and all in one place, check out today's edition of our daily newsletter, The Morning Pulse. Want to search our archives, check out our latest content, or visit our website, and of course, all of our streaming partners. We're back again tomorrow for another edition of BRNAM. Until then, I'm Jeff Snyder. Stay safe, keep on saving, and don't forget, roll with the changes. Now is your opportunity to co-create content around any topic on the first lifestyle and wellness network. Reach a global audience through our platform and co-own exclusive 
branded content. All of our programs are available on demand and also as audio-only podcasts, so you can take us on the go. Broadcast Retirement Network, available anytime, anywhere, and on any device.